I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. I believe this is episode 21. Can you believe it? 21 episodes alongside Andy Boy Simmons. Hi Andy. Hi Andy. Um, yeah, very, very special episode this week. Episode 21, the magic number. So, um, I can't believe it either. I can't. No. It's, uh, there's enough people listening for us to make it feel like it's worth our while. Well, we know there's definitely one extra person listening this week, don't we? Tell me. Or is someone sat right next to you? Oh, okay. Well, I'd say we'll probably be down and listen because he won't need to listen to it back. Oh, no, because he'll tell his friends and family. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so, we fully expect you to promote this on all forms of social media. So this is why this is why we're bringing him in. So uh, Our first ever guest. I know. Special what a, guest. What a time to be alive. Um, should, we, uh, should we tell him who he is or should we... Dude, um, so I've started listening to this week uh, a few episodes of Lillian Garcia's podcast called oh, yeah. Chasing Glory. And it's actually a far better podcast than I'd ever gave it credit for. I thought you were going to say it's actually a far better podcast than our podcast. It's oh, not. no. It's no, not. it's not. Definitely no, not. well, we tell different stories, but she has a guest on every time. And anyway, uh, so she'll do a 10-minute intro, and then she'll do like a big, um, you, you know, she'll, she'll say, this week's guest is uh, AJ Styles. And be like, AJ Styles started his career in 1999. And, but my point is the intro is like two minutes long of all his accolades. Okay. Um, should we try one now? Oh, we could. <laughs> so, growing up in growing up in Bridlington, Yorkshire, um, became interested in professional wrestling probably through watching the likes of Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, and thought I could do that. And um, got into the business with Max Crabtree at the Bridlington Spa, and then went on to do numerous other things. We're in not we're not wrestling. actually sure how he started because he's he's claimed that his ring experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's right, yeah. we're not we're not sure exactly how it started. He's been involved in the wrestling business for um, I don't know forty five years or something now. He had his last ever professional wrestling match against you. Yeah, Selzy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, um, anyway. He's been American, he's been English. Mm-hmm. He's been a cousin of Shawn Michaels, that's the story I meant to tell you last oh, week. Really? I'm sure he'll oh. tell you that, tell you um, that soon. And uh, yeah, he's been controversial. Very controversial. Can't but wait always, to get into that. Always linked in to those, uh, those failed wrestling projects. Always, <laughs> always sounds horrible. Always linked into the big failures. <laughs> but it always sounds, sounds horrible when you say it out loud. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies, hasn't that's he? That's probably a nice way of putting it. And like, uh, yeah. In every pie, I'd yeah. say. But anyway, our guest this week is Steve Linsky. Thank you for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here in the new offices. What do you think? That's amazing. It's not just one office, it's two rooms. Yeah. He's thinking... He's, he's thinking, oh, why didn't I get more in with Rev Pro? Oh, yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah. I, I, put my, I put my eggs in the wrong basket. Well, he, he has, so, really, isn't he? But yeah. there you go, there's still time so, to make while up you, While it. you were spending your Thursday nights in... Uh, in empty arenas, we were spending our Thursday nights looking at the thousands of uh, people who've been listening to the A Squared Circle Wrestling podcast. Bye, so, Dan McGee. Dan um, McGee's now leaving the office. Bye, Dan McGee. Bye, Dan. Bye. Bye. That was unprofessional. Why you just called out Dan McGee leaving the office? That was uh, why. How's that unprofessional? I wanted to give him a shout out. I thought. He'd yeah, laugh. but then that means you've had two guests on there. Well, we had a we had an audience, a live studio audience. <laughs> He Which deserve- is now left as soon as you started talking. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we deserve a live studio audience. Maybe you can talk to us about one of these Comic Cons getting us on for a live panel. Oh, that'd be good <laughs> hey, actually, yeah. that'd be good. Um, speaking of Comic Cons, in July, we've got Mark Henry coming to the UK. Maybe you want to come on. Oh, really? Um... Agents of the Stars well, as which, well. Which Comic Con? Uh, the the London Film and Comic Con. Okay. Uh, July the 27th, 28th and 29th of July. 
in London, obviously. And I came uh, I came last year with my friend Ian. You did. You said you were going to bring one friend and you ended up bringing two people. No, no, no. You I brought, I brought my friend and his <laughs> 18-month-old son, um, which I can't remember whether that was part of the plan or not. But I'd actually went um, with the idea of I was really into Walking Dead or just got into Walking Dead and the governor, the character of the governor was at the Walking Dead. And Steve here said to me, don't worry, I'll sort you out with a picture with the governor. Why would you want a picture with the governor? Well, just because it was just a fun character, because Rick's not there, is he? So I like the governor. And um, and anyway, I then leave uh, Comic-Con after seeing Steve... In a huff. ...a couple of times throughout the day. <laughs> and I d- he texts me, he goes, are you still here? And I said, no, we've gone. And then minutes later, maybe even a minute later, he texts me through a picture of him and the governor. So About 30 seconds up. later. And that, well, that, that kind of shows you, doesn't it? If you just waited it out. You, well, you know, there are times when he's just like, strings you along. He told me this year Hulk Hogan was going to be there. So, fingers crossed he might be the next name. But I don't think Mark Henry likes Hulk Hogan that much from what I've read on social media this week. So There was definitely negotiations for Hulk this year. Shh. Oh, yeah, I can't talk about that. Maybe next year. Okay, so... Uh, well, well, I guess we should start by asking how you are and asking how each other's weekends went. It's going to take a little bit longer this week, isn't it? Yeah, well, mine was good. Um, I don't think I've got anything to report. Well, I say that every week, and then normally when I'm driving away from it, I go, oh, I could have said that, could have said that. But no, all good from me. You, Steve? Uh, uh, yeah, I had a good weekend. Um, I don't think I actually did any anything uh, Saturday and Sunday. Monday, I was Newcastle for Defiant. Yeah. And how was that? Yeah, it was a good show. It's a good show. Uh, Newcastle is always good. Yeah, no, it's a good show. It's, 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 it's a long old trip for most of the boys, but I flew up there and flew back, so it was good. Oh, how, did, how, <laughs> how, how did you get that uh, song? Because I'm pretty good, and as I say, I'll take care of my own travel arrangements. So, so, so you say, I'll take care of my own travel arrangements, and then you could book yourself a limousine to take you up? Were no, you I think... A budget? Can yeah. I just... Uh, yeah. That just reminds me of a story. Does anyone remember... So, obviously, we're stringing on for these failed wrestling promotions. Just examples of stuff being absolutely crazy. Um, the wrestler, um, Bambi Killer, Chris Bambi Killer, right? Yes. Everyone, Chris Rabba. Everyone, everyone loves him because... Uh, uh, or because uh, he gets him on international tours, right? He does all these random international tours. Yes. And, uh, well... Steve Carino liked him anyway because he was sorting him out of a tour. So he got him into one PW, right? Only no one had thought to pick him up from the airport. Okay. Do you remember this story? Yeah, the I remember I took him back to an airport. Yeah, you took it, You might have taken him back after the show, yes. but before the show, no one had bothered to pick him up. Okay. So he wound up getting a taxi <laughs> from the airport in London <laughs> to really? Doncaster. Madness. Cost a few hundred quid. I bet it did, yeah. yeah. And like, but that's just an example of, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Um, that's a few hundred quid wasted. Wasted, yeah. yeah. Like that time, uh, my help, um, she booked a flight back uh, the other week for Speedball Mike Bailey. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to have booked it back for, for example, where it was, say it was, it was February 16th, the flight, but she actually booked the flight back on March the 16th. So, okay. Yeah, so I had to pay another 260 quid for a... <laughs> to get it changed? <laughs> yeah, not to get, to buy a new flight. Oh, right, that Couldn't was it, get it just wasted. Just wasted, so oh. the original, yeah, so there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I've lost out on a flight uh, April the 11th. Because I do try and take care of my own travel. So okay. what did you have for April 11th? Yeah, Aberdeen. Four? Five star. Oh, we'll talk about those in a minute. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, we're going <laughs> yeah, to we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Um, yeah. My point being, my point being is like, if if you wait on a promoter, not 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 you guys, but if you wait on certain promoters. <laughs> Cover yourself. <laughs> Great politicker. Master politicker. Um 
if you wait for certain people to get back to you, you could wait like two or three days before. Then it's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and book your travel. And then when you go, oh, well, it's going to cost 200 quid. If I know I'm going to be on a, on a show, I prefer to get it done as quick as possible, which costs the least amount of money, which then just... Sure. Not a bad way of doing it, really. No. He shot himself in the foot. Why is that? Well, because now you've got yourself a flight that you can't use. There is a downside to that. Mm. Yeah. So it. if anybody wants to go to Aberdeen <laughs> on April 11th, <laughs> <laughs> <Steve Lee's please. laughs> okay. So what, where should we get started from? You never what? asked me how my weekend was, but whatever. Oh, how was your weekend, was Mr. Quilden? It was fine. There you go. Back to full yeah. health yet? Ninety uh, percent. Well, actually, I'm I'm taking these vitamin D. I'm not sure if it's a combination of coming over, the, getting over the flu, or these uh, vitamin D supplements. Obviously, I said last week I'm vitamin D deficient. I'm taking these vitamin D supplements every day, and. Uh, I think it's having a positive effect on me because I'm fighting fit. So Well, we we all went for a lunch together and we'd all got there about ten minutes before you did and I saw you from across the restaurant, we went to Nando's and your first thing was what? Because you were staring at so, me. No, I was like, Oh look, Andy's here. No, you and I was like with, what? You so like you that to me tells me you're still grumpy. <laughs> to so. be fair, and I did say to you, Are you okay? You look a little bit and you was like, I'm fine. Wow. <laughs> I'm fine. Wow. He's now he's like a hybrid Essex Pompey now, isn't he? Fine, fine. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Wow. Cool. Let's move on then. Yeah. So, let's, so you're not. We're not. So, we're not supposed to be bullying me. We're supposed to be bullying him. That's why he's here. <laughs> like, oh, I'll so, turn this around um, real quick. Well, actually, you, <laughs> you say that. But both of us, one sure. one thing I did do this week was um, I watched um, the O.J. Simpson confession. Okay. So, have you seen that? Um, no, we touched briefly on the book okay. or something. So um, a real good quote out of that was, "If it doesn't fit, you must acquit." Oh, that's, that's a, right. that's a, that's oh, a quote we used last week. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So you know all about it. So there's the O.J. Simpson confession, which was on Fox, and we spoke about it on the podcast either last week or week before, and that prompted me to watch the the whole episode because I wanted to see what it, what it was. And obviously, it's called "If I Did It," um, and he hypothetically talks about murdering his wife and child. So I figured this week's episode of the A Squared Circle wrestling podcast could be called if i did it where you hypothetically tell us if you did stuff <laughs> how it might have gone and he's gone and he's left the studio ladies and gentlemen he's out of here so i, I think that we could do that when we get to certain bits sure okay okay yeah. well let's go let's start with um briefly a brief over overview of um you know where did your love of wrestling come from you know because being a yorkshire boy wrestling was massive. It was ma- massive well, all over the country back in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, world of sports. Obviously, my mum used to go to it. Um, uh, you mentioned Bridlington, which is where I did primarily grow up, but I was born in Scunthorpe. Um, and my mum used to take me to the, the Baths Hall in Scunthorpe. Okay. So we go watch that. Who were, who were some of the big names? Who, when you... uh, big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, uh, Fit Finley, um, a local guy called Ray Robinson, who was from Scunthorpe, who incidentally worked with my real dad when my dad was alive at the Steelworks. Uh, my father passed on when I was eight. Um, my mom remarried, and the guy that she remarried, Steve Linsky... Ah, That's right. where the name comes from. Okay. Um, he went to school with Ray Robinson. <laughs> right, okay. So it was real sort of... Yeah. Ties in nicely, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, so that's how it was. So we'd, we'd go see Ray Robinson wrestle, and he'd wrestle Fit Finley and Ray Steele and Skull Murphy. Moved to Bridlington when I was 12, 13. 
started going every week in the summer season, started help building the ring. And, and that would be so, that'd be where you met Max Crabtree. Yeah, uh, but it was it was Anrel Wisco that that ran those shows, but Max was obviously there. Then I started working on uh, some of Max's shows, some of Van's shows, and then the holiday camps. Okay. So when you talk about going weekly, tell us a little bit about that. Was that a ticketed event that you'd people would buy tickets for yeah. every single week? Yeah. Just, like, just want season because obviously we try to. Uh, give a bit of a, an overview of British wrestling and obviously everyone always says we're in some kind of a, a boom period right now in terms of professional wrestling and I think that I've said it before and I say it again I think there's some promotions that are doing a lot better um, and I've got a lot of attention but it depends what what metrics you use to measure your success um, but obviously in those days wrestling was huge right and uh, and to be able yeah. to present a weekly show in the same venue every single week yeah. that must have been something well yeah i mean but again there were there were people working seven days a week so monday for instance might be bridlington then they might go to scarborough on the tuesday which during the summer season would be weekly shows for eight weeks and were they episodic shows or were they just um a series of after bounce after, after the after the tv had stopped it was just basically yeah weekly weekly shows oh, okay <clears throat> sorry i thought someone was knocking at the door why are you trying to ruin this we're having a nice conversation <laughs> and you're i thought someone was knocking at the door well, to no be fair else. i did hear a banging yeah it wasn't us for once so um <laughs> very good um okay so when you when you um how did you how did you first introduce yourself to, to would it have been Max? Is it Anne? And this sounds really stupid. It might be a stupid question. I'm assuming that's a female wrestling uh, and Yeah, Anne Rel Wisco was the uh, and that's Anne daughter, Rel Wisco. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, George de Rel Wisco, who was one of the two main promoters. You had joint promotions, and then you had uh, Rel Wisco and Green, which was the other one. So one was based in Leeds, one was based in London. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. So the daughter of I hope I get this right. Yeah, um, Anrel Wisco. She started promoting. She she did the promote promotion in Scunthorpe, um, and then she did the ones in Bridlington. But there was a couple of different promotions that took over. Like um, Anne stopped doing it in Bridlington. Then it was Seconds Out Promotions, which was a guy called Kevin in a wheelchair. That's where I met Johnny Angel. Crazy Dave Adams, Ebony Kid, so all that. Those the guys. Sort of, they were like the following generation from the TV stars. Uh, or around well, the yeah. Time. I mean, I mean, Crazy Dave Adams had been around all you know, like your Les Kellets and that. But then his son, who you you know, yeah, Johnny, yeah, Angel, Johnny Angel, yeah, yeah. Johnny Adams, um, he started coming. So he was seventeen years old at the time. I think John's about three or four years older than me. Um, and he was a 13-year-old going, oh, yeah. And I'd, I pretty much blagged my way in the door because I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've trained. And they were, and then the oh, okay. like, oh, so, uh, oh, so, so who have you done training with? And, like, the only person, people I could think of, I was like, oh, um, um, All-Star. All right. right and, he's, okay. and, he, and, and the first, and he called me on it straight away. He says, okay, referee's position. Oh, really? Uh, which is the link-up, the lock-up position. And starting, you know, of course. Didn't yeah. know. But, of course, this is way before the times of, pay as you go wrestling training schools there was no so, such thing yeah no, no such, such thing. thing no no such thing so you literally had you to had to there. know someone really right yeah yeah so you'd help put the ring well this is how i did it help put it in the ring then go in there and start throwing myself around because so, so you just voluntarily on your own yeah do you mean literally you got Bump in the ring myself. and started throwing yourself on the yeah. floor going hope someone gets what i'm trying to show them what i want to learn no i wanted someone to get in there yeah yeah yeah, and ha yeah right which no one would okay 
Really, no one would. No. Or, and the people that did get in the ring with me would scurf me. Right. Which is, uh, yeah, go so that's, that's really sad, isn't it? Because, like, there's this little kid throwing himself on the ring. Yeah. And the only people who want to get in the ring are the people who want to beat you up. <laughs> like, look at that little special child. Let's give him a kick in. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but when that, you go, when you keep going back week after week after week, then it's like, okay, he's obviously serious about wanting to do this. And that's that we get that a lot. Like, we meet kids who, you know, some parents drop their kids off like it's, you know, like cheap childcare. And you kind of don't, you, you you know, it's almost like the kid's been forced to come. But then when they do keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back, it's the same sort of principle, yeah. isn't it? Like, you know, just go, oh, actually, he must have some sort of passion for this. Otherwise, why Otherwise you wouldn't keep back. coming back. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that would happen. That would happen. Um, a couple of guys who did get in there um, was Alan Kilby, uh, Ray Robinson, and a gentleman called Rex Lane. Um, Rowdy Rex Lane, he was a lovely guy. Well, he still is a lovely guy. <laughs> Talking about the past since he's, he's still around. He uh, was a really nice guy. We're going there. And incidentally, he was the first person I had a match with for Max Crabtree at, at Bridlington. Um, had the match with him. And then Alan Kilby came out because obviously there was this big villain beating up on this young boy that's, that's trying to get ahead in the wrestling business. I got knocked out of a pile driver and then Alan Kilby comes down and tries to, you know, comfort me at ringside. Then he went in and they had their match. So, okay. So you were a bit of a knockoff for your first, but first yeah, match. Of yeah. course, yeah. Well, most people are. Do you? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of. That's no, cool, not yeah. at all. All right. So, so, so... Well, what were we talking, 80s? Mid-80s? No, 90... 91, maybe? Oh, okay. I was kind of thinking of the 90s as quite recent, but... They're really not that They're really not anymore, if you think about it. Yeah, no, they're really not, but... Okay, so where did it go from there? So so you wrestled at Bridlington, then did you go yeah, on, did, did you go did on the, the road holiday, for Max? Yeah, did... Um, not so much for Max. I went on the holiday camps with, like, Bully Boy Briggs and Tiger McGuigan and... Stevie Knight, yeah, uh, Phil Powers, uh, to a point, and that's yeah, where you broke your leg. Did, uh, I did that at Cleethorpes, yeah. I remember, um, I think we just moved up to Hull, we had just moved up to Hull, um, and then decided we were going to go over to Cleethorpes. There were a man short, I had no wrestling kit with me at all because, yes, yeah. Um, so you just gone to sort of ch- see the lads? Just gone to go see the lads. Ended up getting in the ring in a Power Rangers outfit <laughs> with cool. a pair of trainers on that were two sizes too small for my feet. Um, and what actually broke my leg was um, someone gave me a rolling crutch, but my leg stayed straight. Yeah, and all you could hear was... All the way up my leg. Okay. And it was what you call spiral, a flat spiral fracture. fracture. I remember you telling me. So that's funny how you stood in for someone. The same thing happened when I broke my ankle. Yeah, we I, did I was just, I was just about to say, like, uh, yeah. this, is like this is perfect for you. It's a chance exactly to get your same. story in. Yeah, it's exactly the same story that we did an extra match for the promoter because whoever was re- the guys who wrestled on the show that day, we hadn't put on a long enough show essentially. And you do an extra match, and that's why I broke my ankle. You know, yeah. so I'm saying if that show had gone to time, or we would have yeah, done you put in a bit more of a shift in your earlier. Oh, I, I wrestled Stevie Douglas that night. We put I had a wicked match with him. Stevie Brilliant. Douglas, who, who smashed you up, it? wasn't it? Steve was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there you go. Okay, so so you hit the holiday camp circuit. You broke your leg, and then um, so when did you sort of decide to not step away from the ring? But you know, you we last year, uh, last week, sorry we were discussing about all these promotions from UWA to UCW and whatever. 
When would you have decided, oh, I'm going to get into like a more of a being a manager? UWA. It was UWA. So, so UWA, the, the thing was, and I think you touched uh, uh, upon this as well, is <clears throat> started to do the UWA. And Big Papa T was running a show in London. Right. And Phil Power's like, all right, mate, come to London and do this Big Papa T show. And like you'd arrive there. You'd, so you think, okay, we'll get there for seven o'clock or whatever time. You're there till midnight. <laughs> People then start coming in the door at like 11 o'clock, half 11, midnight, you know. Then they start playing music. You're in a ring, which is no give in it whatsoever. Very little padding. And it's just like, you know, two African guys that get in there and f- have a fight. But within the... Con- <laughs> Sounds brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then me and Phil went on, and, and I used to do this, like, I put an American accent on and pretend I was from America, and yeah, I think you touched up on it, actually. Like, there was one time that I, I, I said that I was Shawn Michaels. Cousin. Yeah, but did, let's tell that whole story. <laughs> so where you got found out for being yeah. a liar. <laughs> so I'm, I can't believe you remember this. I remember uh, it all, mate. Okay, right. So, yeah. so anyway, so... I do this. Um, I do this Big Papa T show. I put the American accent on. Um, and we're what we ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety eight. Okay. Yeah, I'm because UWA started ninety nine. Yeah, right? n- yeah, UWA started. So, so uh, around about nineteen ninety eight, did this show, put this American accent on, and oh yeah, and I think it was Dan Belinka was there. Dan Belinka used to be a producer for WWE, then had come over. I'm not going to go too much into it because I know you'd covered this last week. So, so it was him and a, and a gentleman named Andrew Martin who was going to be the promoter. So I met them. Phil introduced me to them, etc. You went away, and it was like anything else. It was like, oh yeah, we're going to be in contact. We're going to do this new wrestling promotion, whatever. We're going to have TV. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> give them my number and contact details, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Spun on this line, who I was. <laughs> what, what was your name? Um, a heartbreak Troy Stud or something like that. Right. I think that was one of them or whatever. And you were American? I, yeah, I was a, American, yeah. Can you give us a little whirl of that American accent now? You know, it's sometimes real difficult to get into an accent and start talking like that and put it on. But it, it was pretty much, yeah, talking like this, man. And yeah, I wrestled all over the place, man. Sean Michaels is my cousin. Yeah, yeah you know Sean? Right, okay. So, And that's pretty much what it was. A lot of uh, codswallop, shall we say. And then <laughs> six months later, I get this phone call. Is Hey, is that Steve Linsky? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Steve Linsky, yeah, the, from from the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's me. Right. You're not American, then. I'm, I'm sorry. Who's this? <laughs> so we met at that show for Big Papa T, and I thought you were sure. My, ah, right, I get to see. Yeah, so pretty, pretty. There's a lesson for your kids. Don't lie. It always catches up with you. It'll always, it will always come back and bite you in the ass. But they, they said, "Oh my God, we honestly thought you were an American. Like, do you want to come and do the UWA?" Um, I said, well, I'm not wrestling anymore because at that point I'd, I had broken my leg, etc. Um, he said, no, no, we want to bring you as an, as an American manager or a manager. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So I ended up managing Doug Williams. Uh, Crystal Palace was the first show. They'd got all this set up, TV, uh, whatnot. And it was the first ever match was Mad Dog McPhee versus Phil Powers. Um 
and then I think I did Doug Williams. I was managing Doug, and it was Doug Williams versus Christopher Daniels. That was that on their first show. That was on the on the first show, and they also had like Grand Naniwar and uh, Tiger Mask Four from uh, Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Ted sure. Tanabe had come over to referee. So, so in terms of. Uh UWA, had you been given any promises about, you know, what this could become? And, and from your perspective as well, um, were you like, this is it, I've made it, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, that was the first time it was one of those, oh, we've got TV, great! And like, over the course of 20 years, I've heard that so many times yeah, of course, now. Yeah. But at that time, it was like, oh my goodness, you know, yeah, great. So, was given a contract for UWA, which was per appearance um and i think it, it it was really good money so but per appearance then they then they asked me if i'd um be a commentator on the tv show at canary wharf so we'd go we'd we'd go film we'd go film the events <clears throat> i'd be like american steve linsky and then on the tv i'd go and do the commentary with um a guy called stevie knuckles who is pretty high up in Sky now? He's a producer. At, at, we, need okay. give, we need to give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So it was a minute, and it, yeah, Stevie Knuckles was him, and like it was all live TV, which was a cable access thing at the time. Um, you go do all the filming on the twenty third floor at Canary Wharf, just below the Mirror Group, you know. So you'd go and the, met the Spice Girls there before they got famous, and. Uh, Rusty Goff was the little um, little fella that did the weather on on it, and you had topless darts and. Yeah. Oh, I, rem- I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiffany Bannister, is it <coughs> Tiffany Bannister or Tiffany's City Tips? You know, so she'd start giving out. Yeah, oh, I think you should put your stocks and shares in it. Well, she was taking the top off. You know, oh, really? Yeah, that sounds. That was live stuff, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, live, like live I, TV. I never saw yeah. it. Yeah. I, I just remember the adverts on the videotapes for um, the, 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 that I got of uh, UWA, and I was like. As like a, a young a young <laughs> male, I was I was like a, I was quite excited about the prospect of uh, Tiffany's tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- she actually wow. came to one of the shows and she was in the ring, you know, and like and she's trying to you know do ring announcing or whatever it was, and everyone's going, "Get your top off! <laughs> we want to see your tips!" <laughs> you know. <laughs> So yeah, so that was the first one. UWA was the first one. Okay, so that went belly up when like well. What happened was is like um, tips up. I could have said, couldn't I? <laughs> yeah. he could have too late now. Good. Too late. Yeah. Too 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 much. Unless he edits it no. out. But no, now he's gonna have to happened. edit this out now. <laughs> so so yeah. So basically, what happened was um, Andrew Martin had uh, struck a deal with 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 a company and said, right, these are gonna put money into it. You know, we're gonna go. You know, we're gonna go into it. Great. So at this point, was the writing almost on the wall before he said that there's a company putting money into it? No, because this was kind of the beginning. Okay. Because the TV that they'd already got, though they were already doing some things for the for the TV. <clears throat> Excuse me. And basically, what happened was um, he said, "Right, we're going to do this," and this is where the weekly contracts came in. So, so they they'd got in with this company who at the time. You know, we thought, oh, well, it's, oh it's, it's a proper company in London. It, you know, this this is it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd signed a contract to start on the Monday in the office in St. James's Park in London. On the Saturday night, Johnny and George were staying at mine in Chichester. 
And he said, oh, we're doing this FWA show down here. Why don't you come down? You know what I mean? Went down there. There was no referee. And Alex was there. And Alex says, well, will you referee this show? I'm like, mate. Had you refereed before this? No. Once. Once or twice, maybe. So I'd never actually done. So would this be the first, FWA's first ever show or maybe within their first few months? Yeah, I think it was very early, early stages. It was, it it wasn't, it it was Fratton Wrestling. Oh, so maybe even their first ever show. Yes, it was in Fratton. Okay. It was in Fratton. But Alex was there. Okay. So, um, so I went down there. Yeah, Alex Shane, yeah. So, Went down there, ref the whole show, which, and I was fairly big at the time. I was probably 16, 17 stone, and everyone else was like, you know, yeah, <laughs> small. Um, so, yeah, so I refereed that, and it was like, it was really good. And then, and then I was bricking it because I thought, oh, so this is wrestling. Somebody's going to ring up and grass me up. You know what I mean? I've just signed this contract, et cetera, et cetera. So on the Sunday morning, I rung up Andrew and I said, look, before this comes from anyone else, I'm telling you now. I refereed a show last night, you know, just to help out, blah, 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 blah. It says, well, well, we need to talk about this tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, legit. Oh, legit. No. <laughs> legit. So, uh, and like, as I say, it, it's way gone now, but I legit had signed a contract for 20 grand right. to go and work for UWA in their office full time. Uh, and, okay. and bearing in mind, that was in 1990 whatever 90, yeah 98 that was, 99 that, yeah that's a yeah. lot a lot of money yeah exactly yeah. so I was like great you know um, just had Lewis at the time do you know what sure. I mean so it was like you know okay right cool and then he said right well we're going to have to talk tomorrow morning and when we arrived the next morning we met with with Andrew and he says I've pulled out he says I'm not doing business for these guys we're like what What's going on? Well, no, no, you can still go and do it. You know, go go in there, but I'm pulling out of the deal. So, what would you still be doing if he's pulled out? <sighs> we didn't know at that, at that precise minute. It was I was with Ross, the boss, bloody Gordon, at the time because he was brought in to do something as well. So we we, we go into this office nine a.m. on the Monday morning. Andrew Martin's now walked away, so he's hooked up this deal. He's done something, and at this, uh, the 11th hour, he's decided, that's it, I'm out, I'm not doing it. So, right, okay, thinking, really don't want to, <laughs> you know, great, just signed a contract without even being paid yet, you know, now I'm going to be on the dole, <laughs> you know what I mean? So quit my job, and it's like, yeah, that's it, wrestling now, this is my life, yay. Goes into this office, and this big, big bloody, I can only describe him as like, you know, an older version of one of the Cray twins, do you know what I mean? Comes in, all right, lads, right. Uh, Andrew's decided he's not going to do this, but don't you worry. Don't you worry, my son. We are still going to do this. We are still going to do this. You're going to do this. With this, Ross Gordon pops up and he puts, I can only describe as a, as a Paul Heyman speech in front of this w- two guys. <laughs> I'm going to make this the best company and this, and I'm going to do this and da, 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 da. And if I don't do it, you can fire me. And at the precise moment, that guy says, you're my managing director. <laughs> to Ross Gordon. <laughs> 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 I'm like, and I'm sat there and I'm like, I'm half taken aback. <laughs> you should have put on the American accent. I should, I, should, I should have done. But do you know what? At that, at that time, I was thinking, ah, oh, man. Do you know what I mean? If I'd have said something, that could have been me. But down the line, probably best I wasn't made managing director of that particular company. 
So I'd go in every, every morning. So they'd agreed to... So were you commuting at this time? Yeah, from Chichester. So they were paying... I think the, the train travel was something like maybe a, a grand a month or something stupid like that. You know, back and forth, London, Chichester, every day. So they were paying the ticket. I was getting paid, salaried. But it only lasted a month and a half because <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah, so the ticket got it back and forth every day. So the first week was literally like sat at a computer looking at different venues, phoning up, you know, Royal Albert Hall. Hello, yes, how much is it to hire the Royal Albert Hall, please? Oh, 20,000. Okay, thank you. Okay, yes, it's for wrestling. Is that okay? okay, yeah, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Phoning all these different places, finding out specifics. Sound like Dan McGee. Yeah, I was just, just going to say literally what I walked into <laughs> earlier on when I came in the office. Oh, yeah, I used to do that job, kid. Um, doing that. Then the second week was like, I was like, right, so, oh, okay, so what shall I do now? And this guy says, right, uh, go down to uh, Chelsea and purchase uh, 600 uh, tickets for Saturday's match, please. What? Yeah, here's the money. <laughs> Big wad of money. So, and after that, go to the London Eye and get 500 tickets for next Monday. Is he a ticket tower? There you go. <laughs> Didn't know that at the time. Went in there, was in this <laughs> office, you know what I mean? Ross is there and the, the, Ross has signed everyone to these contracts or the wrestlers to these contracts. So, you know, Alex had a contract. So, so, so are we still about UWA or not, U, we're not UCW yet? No, it is turning into UCW. Okay, right. At this okay. point. Okay, so the, so the point where uh, Andrew Martin is off, yeah. that's the uh, incarnate, that, and is that oh. where there's an incarnation of a new company? Yes, at that point, yes. that's where it becomes what is UCW. U- UCW. Okay, because yeah. I didn't realise there was that connection. I obviously just knew they were two big yeah, promotions. No, that, that was it. That was Andrew Martin stepped away. Ross the Boss Gordon jumped in with his big Paul Heyman. I'm yeah. going to do this, this, and this, and then it turned into UCW. All the okay. boys start again. I apologise if I skip stuff. No, no, that's right. I, so I, that's I, where Alex got signed, Johnny got signed. All those guys couldn't yeah, work oh, FWA. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. But they all did. They all worked <laughs> holiday camps and things yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you know, you can't do this, you know. So again, someone was put in charge. And this is going to be such a recurring theme throughout, isn't it? So it's not their money. But they're going out there and spending it. So go get the Coventry Sky Dome, put all the boys on contracts, blah, 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 pay them good money, etc., etc. When it's not their money, yeah. So he well. So there's, there's I couldn't do it personally. Spend someone else's money like that, but there's yeah. obviously plenty of people that could. Well, because if they believe their own hype, right? Would that because what I well I don't know. Like so, I obviously I don't know Ross Gordon, but like I know some people. Like for example, I know Daniel Hinkles, right? And to me, he believed every single word that came out of his mouth. Ross so did. that's what I was going to ask about Ross, yeah. Because it's like he's not intentionally spending someone's money. He's probably spending that money and thinking, I'm going to turn this into millions. Would that be fair Ross, to... Ross probably did have, did have that, you know, sort of like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this. And, you know, um, probably had that thing where it's like, oh, my God, if only someone would come along and give me half a million pounds, oh, what I could do with that. Do you know what I mean? You know, so yeah. Um, obviously, when we get further down the line, there's people that just have no personal responsibility with somebody else's money. But anyway, so yeah, so Ross Polly did have that thing. He's like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Signed all the boys to contracts. And then the boys just went and did holiday game shows. So, how, anyway. so, yeah. so they all got signed to contracts. How long were the contracts for? Um, I think they were for 12 months, but okay. they were on a monthly 
retainer. And how many shows did they actually wind up doing two? And did they still get paid for the whole 12 months or did it stop? Well, this is this is where it gets a bit bleary because six weeks into doing this, uh, Ross phones me up and says, oh, can you come into the office? Um, oh, yeah, we, we need to talk. Can you come into the office? So I went into the, into the, into the office in, into London where he sits me down and he says, oh, I'm going to have to let you go. I'm like, what? I said, ah, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, this isn't working out. You know, I've got, got to let you go. I'm like, well, there's got to be more of a reason than this. Now, at that time, Phil Powers was in a ring van with somebody. I know, because somebody had told me this. Um, and Phil was like going, oh, they're going to sack him today. I wish I was in the office. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, anybody the best man at your wedding? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the kind of people we're dealing wow. with here. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you imagine that? Like, God, wrestlers. Well, I? actually, he wasn't. But he wanted to be the best man. But even it, okay. it wasn't my wedding. But yet. even being there, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't my wedding and everything else. And it's like you know, like with Phil, if if you know what you, you're dealing with, yeah. you, you know what feels like. Oh, do you gotcha. know what I mean? And mind you, I would actually love it if I could be in a room while your mum fired you, Andy. My mum would never sack me. She <laughs> sat my brother once. Did she really? <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was dragging his feet on the paper and said, "Do you?" She said something like, and he goes, well, I just want to be sacked. She's like, right, then you're sacked. And off he went. Wow. He made his return a couple of weeks later to the paper round. But <laughs> <laughs> he did he pull his lesson. socks up then? <laughs> he he, he yeah. must have done, yeah. 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 So you can't get away with that now. <laughs> no, no, yeah. You can't get away with it. All human rights and... And they oh. can't sack anyone anymore. No, you'd, you wouldn't be, you'd still be sat in that office, wouldn't you? You'd have dug your feet in. <laughs> really would, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so Ross brings me into the office, tells me that no longer needed, da-da-da-da-da. And, and he was just basically... Yeah, he was going to get rid of me. But was it Ross's decision or at a well, higher up? Yeah, this is what I'm getting to. So with that, this older looking Cray type <laughs> chap comes in and goes, no, 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 no. You could, listen, right, business is moving on and we're doing different things. He says, but you are still going to be involved. And he said, uh, he said we, ju- we, we just can't see it working out you being in the office uh, five days a week, you know, with the travel and whatnot. I said, okay, right, that I can get, but you're still going to be on the shows. So you're not just sacking him, Ross. <laughs> you're not just doing that, son. You know, it's just not going to be working in the office. So with that, he takes me to one side, gives me, just goes in his pocket, and it, it's typical, you know, it's typical London gangland story. There you go, son, that's two grand. That'll keep you going, okay? Till you get another job. Oh, okay, <laughs> off I went. <laughs> went down the bookies. Probably. <laughs> two, two, two grand in my hand. Okay, fair nice. enough. And then it was just coming to the point where I'd got paid, so that had gone into my account. I was like, right, okay, all right, fair enough. And then, and then Ross had said that he was going to make me into a, a manager, and he put out all this bump because he'd done all the bump on all the boys, um, you know, Alex Blade, and you know, Mister who was Flash Barker. Mr. F- Mr. Flash, maybe? No, I'm thinking Mr. White, but that was an FWA, was FWA wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So anyway, so it it gone into all this, you know, rebranding the boys, etc., and whatever, and then the, the American manager's making his way back to UCW. In the end, they ended up refereeing. Oh, did you? <laughs> ended up refereeing, yeah, and still getting paid more. And then this this guy had give me this wad of cash, and then the, then my payment had gone through, and then yeah, so. So that was UCW. I think they did two shows. And how yeah. did how did that end? How did you know that it was end? It had ended. 
um, well, the the story was that that Ross. Oh no! Actually, going back to the to the ticket tout bit. So once I'd gone out of the office, Ross brought Kenny McBride. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Because I said to him, I said, look, you can't just sack me off. Can you make me redundant, please? And at least I can sign on till I get another job. You know, if you if you made redundant, it's not your fault. If you say you're sacked, you know, oh, well, you've been sacked. You know what I mean? Okay. Anyway, so did that. But then I could have sued him, really, because if you make someone redundant... And then bring someone in for the same position. You can't bring somebody right. else in for the same position. But anyway, you know, hindsight's a wonderful so, thing. <laughs> so on that note, right? Like I said last week, I don't really know Ross the boss apart from meeting him a couple of times. Kenny, I met again a couple of times just as a kid. But to me, it just sounds like they're just playing fan. It's just pure fantasy. Yes. They they sit. They've sat like no offense to them. Well, not even no offense to them, but they're just a couple of wrestling fans who read the newsletters probably and write them and write them and think they're like they know how the business works kind of thing. But really, they've not spent a day in their lives inside the business. Ross, and the I mean only the business, not yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that Ross did was he worked at um, um, Primrose Valley. He was one of those. That's a holiday camp. Holiday camp, yeah. So that that was his introduction to the wrestling because he used to be a you know he used to be the uh, probably compare it or yellow yeah y- yellow coat you know okay. so or he'd referee it or he'd get in there and then pretty much he got mates with Johnny. Yes, okay, and that's and that friendship still Knight. stays this day, doesn't that it? Still yeah, stays I suppose Johnny about yeah. it the other day. But yeah, it just boggles my mind that this company with real big aspirations have picked two newsletter-reading wrestling fans yeah. to run it. But but they're not. They wasn't that stupid because they 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 made Ross <laughs> the managing director of this company. Okay. So the book stops there. If you're the managing director of that company, you're responsible. You're responsible. Sure. Then he brought Kenny McBride in. Yeah. And then what happened then was basically. The thing that they had me doing, like going to Chelsea City Football Club and going to the London Eye and this, that and the other to buy these hockey tickets or whatever. So they gave uh, Kenny a wad of cash and an airplane ticket to go somewhere. It was somewhere there was a big football game going on. You know, Algeria. It was somewhere real dangerous. They gave him this money, said, right, get on that plane, go get get me 500 tickets. Well, Kenny obviously pooped his pants and instead of leaving the money, took the money with him, jumped on a train back up to Scotland. He was out of there. Of course, well, where's he going with our money? He's not got on this flight. When he arrived back in Scotland, thinking he was away scot-free, there were two guys waiting for him. Was it really? really? Wow. There you go. This is why you're here, telling yeah. us good stories like that. <laughs> this, is, this is what I want to hear. And obviously something similar happened with Ross Gordon, where he was run out of the country. Which I'm not too sure. All, all I can say is I know there was a cattle prod in, involved. Okay, and and because there was money, uh, well, I say stolen might be a bit strong, but you know, yeah, it, money taken. I don't, I don't even think Kenny had the intention of stealing the money. He intended on probably getting it back to him, but but he just didn't want to go to okay. wherever it was to get these for you know these these tickets. Yeah, you know? sure. Oh, well, you got a lucky escape then. I got a lucky escape. He would have, no, he would have been on the plane, wouldn't he? I'd have been on the plane. <laughs> That's like, that a day trip. <laughs> He'd have been tweeting about it without, yeah. you know. Yeah. MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was the end of that one. Okay, so that was the end of UCW. Yeah. 
Okay, then. So now we're in 2001. One? Maybe. So yeah. we're coming. We're coming close to Wrestle Express now, right? Would that be? Oh. Would that be your next one? Yeah, uh, I was going to say yeah. revival, but of course we got Wrestle Express before that. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. So yeah. Let's hit Wrestle Express. Yeah, Wrestle Express. So again, same sort of thing. This guy, um... Cool Rye. I forgot that was his nickname last week. Is it, what was his? Cool, cool Rye. Rye. Oh, right. That was okay. his website. Ryan. Ryan Aaron Houston. Houston. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he'd he'd got hold of me through. MySpace or AOL, Instant Messenger, whatever. How, wh- why? AOL, what, what was it about you that he liked? Was it? I think he'd seen some some stuff, but it was basically got in touch with me because he wanted me to be there to. The original thing that he asked me to do was be there when Mister Perfect arrived in the country, and be there to to just chaperone the guys. Well, that's amazing, isn't it? Because you're really good at that these days, aren't you? Yeah. So, so for that, for whatever reason, either somebody had said he to spotted him, that skill in you, maybe so people he, skills. Yeah, people so skills. you can, you can credit with Ryan Houston with a lot of things negatively, but <laughs> he's a, he's obviously got an eye for talent, hasn't he? Yeah. So, so yeah. So he ended up. I ended up going up to London Bridge, Tower Bridge, Hilton, or whatever, the real fancy hotel next to Tower Bridge. And he'd said to me as well. He said, "Oh, we're looking for bigger, big wrestlers as well. We want some bigger guys." So I literally had a tape with Drew McDonald. We'd just done the UWA stuff. Obviously, I'd got all that on there. So I took the tape with me to, to show him. So I went up there, bought a new suit and everything, you know, which is always the case. I always like to look mm-hmm. smart. And when I get there, and I get there, and he's in a foul mood for some reason. He's just a kid, right? Yeah. He's 18, 19 yeah, or something. 18, Sometimes 19. when you're 18, 19, you get stroppy, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in a foul mood, but he checked me into the hotel, which was a, a nice suite and everything. You know, I, was, I was great. You know what I mean? Oh, this is nice. You know. Now, the thing is, like, I knew I was having this meeting with him later in the day, so I hadn't worn the suit up there. I'd wore a pair of Zubas or something on, you know, travel clothes, because trains then weren't as nice as the... And you've mm. always, when you dress casually, you've always pretended to be an 80s wrestler, right? Until fairly recently, I'd say yeah. that was 100% true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've still got Zubas, I still wear a fanny <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I went up there, took my stuff in, got showered and everything, did I put the suit on, went in for this meeting, which, just to find out what they wanted me to do. And then, uh, and I said, oh, by the way, I've I brought this, this tape of Drew McDonald. He said he wanted bigger guys. Gave him the tape. And he just got the hump. He was just real, like, oh, well, well we're going we're, we're to have to do this meeting a bit later. And sends me back to my room and this, that, and the other. And he's having this drop. But he'd already said to me about bringing Drew McDonald down the next day. Drew McDonald was pretty much getting in a car to, to come down to London. So at this point, you're scared, thinking Drew's going to beat you up, right? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, he, and he said to me, he says, oh, he says, yeah, find that Drew McDonald and, and tell him, you know, I, I don't want him down here. Yeah, but you told me to to bring him down. Phone Drew up. All right, mate. I said, Drew, I says, you on your way? He says, aye, I'm on the road. I says, the guy doesn't want you here. He says, put that, f- am I allowed to swear? Nah. I'm, seriously, no. Well, you can well, swear, I'm, and I'll just... Uh... Blue okay. He says, "Put that effort on the phone right now." <laughs> so I go knock on Ryan's door and said, "Drew McDonald wants to talk to you." And on all you can hear is a Scottish F word after F word after C word after <laughs> calling him everything. And he's like, "So." And Ryan just hands me the phone back, says, "Can you go get your stuff from your room, please?" He says, "I need you to leave." Kicks me out. <laughs> I'm like, "What?" Give me fifty quid. He says, "Go get yourself a taxi." 
like something six quid on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That that was my involvement. You were in and out. That was it. Okay. Literally, that was it. And then you know, obviously, I was like, oh. Oh, gonna, yeah, I bet you were like, were you like, um, so at that point, so obviously then they started announcing people and we went through a list of names last week. So yeah. when that was going on, were you then thinking like, oh my God, I don't believe I'm not part of this. I yeah, of course. Because it's like, oh my goodness. Do you know what I mean? Like everything then it was like, we're going to be the next big thing. Do you know what I mean? And there was that gap in the market at the time as we discussed was, last week yeah. with no WCW. Yeah, exactly. ECW. So it was like, it could have been potentially. So, and then it went belly up. Like everything else, and then obviously Ryan wasn't as as honest. He was a bit, yeah, he was a bit. It wasn't it somebody else's. It was somebody else's money, but it was their. Dad's. It was yeah, it was someone else's money who said who claimed to have a backer, but then um, it came out in court that he had frauded the money off of like Dad's his, man's, and, and his grand like, or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like took his invalid grand into the uh, um, uh, into the. Uh, into the uh, bank to wielder in collected the yeah, money yeah, 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 and that yeah. all came out in court um wow. and then he actually ryan Houston, he started a website where he was going to clear his name after wrestle express i remember that but it never went anyway like he started he g'd it up and like did big promotion and much like wrestle express itself it just fell off just the face fizzled, of the earth just fizzled out <laughs> yeah just fizzled out and went so yeah so that so, so that was that it was gone what did we have so 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 how did you how did you feel when uh Okay, this this sounds really horrible, right? But when it when it turns out that it was all a scam and it all fell through, did you feel in a little way pleased? <laughs> I never feel happy about when anything falls through because no, because you're normally involved. So <laughs> well, not, yeah, but not even just for myself. Like if it involves like, like, and there's a lot of boys now that this is what they do as their job. This is wrestling is their job. Like this is your job, Andy. This is your job, Andy. You know, this is my job. So when anything, you know, sort of like, even if you're not involved with it to a degree, you still feel a sense of, ah, oh, really? So, is that better? So you still feel that cool. sense 50 of... 50 minutes in. Well, I didn't really want to keep interrupting him. So, so, um, so you always feel that sense of, oh my goodness, that's, that's another job now. The boys aren't getting work, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I'm not getting work. So, but yeah, I felt, yeah. I did actually laugh when it, when it did fall through, just because it was him. But we did end up on Wrestling Express, though, didn't we? I didn't because Were you not there? I, no. Do you know why? Because I was in Midhurst that night. Because for John Freeman, John, John Freeman. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say because I was at the Coventry Sky time. <laughs> <laughs> the Scott never venue. told me you'd changed venues. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, oh, yeah, no. Scott. Scott had said, "Well, it's okay, pal. You can do this." I said. I can't let John down. John had booked well, me in two years ago for this. <laughs> <laughs> and people know John Freeman, well, he never forgets, does he? No, no, and he doesn't. He holds grudges. He does. He once didn't book the I think it was the Knights. I think it was the Knights. He didn't book them for a couple of years. Because they went out of the ring. They broke a bucket. One of the seconds buckets. Really? Like, yeah. uh, wax on it, but it broke it. And that was it. He was fuming. He didn't use them. Oh. I think it was the Knights, but didn't use them for a few years. Didn't use me years. because I worked for UK Kid. And me, and me. Yeah, I didn't work for John you for a couple of years. You weaseled your way back in, didn't I you? I did, yeah, yeah. I had to apologise. <laughs> <laughs> See, I did. I built a bridge with John mm. and went back and, and started working for him. And then UK Kid was like, oh, do you want to do these four dates? And I'm like, oh, okay. And John was like, well, Simon, we can't, um, oh, I can't, I can't use you if you used, yeah, but, yeah, but John, you know, 
You don't give me four dates all year. Yeah, you, you might give me two dates a year because, well, you can't use the same referee two weeks in a row <laughs> or something to that, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's like, right, okay. I said, well, I'm sorry, John. I'm going to have to go to, you know. But then I was like, and somebody else had brought this up. It was real funny. Like some, They said the same, oh, can't use you because you work for the UK kid. Doug Williams works for the UK kid. Well, Doug's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there you go. John Fremantle gets ridiculed, but he's lasted far longer than... Oh, he's still around, isn't yeah, he? He's still, still standing. Still going. He's watched those pennies <coughs> and the pounds still looked after himself. Themselves, there you go. If you look after the pennies, the pounds okay. look after themselves. So, so Wrestle Express we covered in last week, and then, um, you know, we, we touched on... We didn't touch on this, actually, but uh, Revival came not all that long after Wrestle Express. Tommy Boyd. With Tommy Boyd. So, um, and that reminds me... Uh, the story me and you did a wrestling radio show. Did we do a wrestling radio show for Tommy Boyd? I did, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was with you once. Yeah, you no, you came because I, and this was... 2009, I think. 2009, met Tommy Boyd, done the revival, all that through. Tommy lives in Chichester. Oh, does he around really? Around that, yeah. Did you ever and bump into him at Sainsbury's? <laughs> no, I bet I he did. shops in... Uh, Waitrose. No, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a Waitrose, that's yeah. what I think. But anyway... Basically, he started to do, he did one night on the radio, a phone-in radio show where he, he'd start to touch about wrestling. He, he touched upon doing the wrestling and everything. But this was out in Ford, and they had this radio station. And I got in touch, and I said, oh, I, I did a referee thing for you. We met up, and he says, well, I've got this studio. He says, you know, we, I want to do a, a Sunday night wrestle, wrestling, you know, live radio thing. So would he be interested in doing it with this this other guy who coming from London? I said, yeah, yeah, we'll go for it. We did a test one for forty minutes, went quite well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think for for uh, for laughs and giggles, um, Frankie Sloan rung in. That's right. He rang even I was there. Yeah, Fra- sure Fra- Frankie rung in and started going, "I hate lads," you know, and started having a pop. But if you know Frankie, you know that's what he's like. Do you know what I mean? Tommy Boyd went out there, got Frankie's number, phoned him up off air, said, you can't be ringing in and, and hurling abuse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Frank, and I had to say, I said, no, Tommy, Frank is a wrestler. He's just doing it because it's like... It's, for funny. He's just doing it for the funny. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, okay. So we ended up doing an hour show, then a two-hour show. And this is a real funny thing. They were building a brand new... Um, building next door to this radio station but it was state-of-the-art so it was cameras everywhere and tommy's idea was to do a live show every week filmed within a radio station but filmed and shown live on the internet this was before he's a revolutionary a visionary yes so of course you know, those ideas got strung about. And then obviously, unfortunately, the radio station went down the pan. Always the case. And then obviously, that was the, the prequel, or would have been the prequel to what probably WrestleTalk was. So, yeah. So that's interesting that Tommy Boyd was still prepared to give wrestling another shot. Because obviously, yeah. well, Revival, I, okay. well, Revival came seven years before all of this radio yeah. station. So, so I've so, got some questions. Because you obviously, you were around that. I was obviously only around as a fan at that point around yeah. revival, um, and by the time I got in, maybe it was a 
maybe a year, maybe two years after yeah. that. It was about um, six months after, I think. Oh, was it? I don't know. Yeah. But like, um, but after, so after Revival, though, like by the time I got into FWA, everyone was very coy about, you know, what was going on. Yeah. You know, had it been a, su- a success? Hadn't it been a success? Um, but obviously they only did one. It so one, there was only two people that knew if it was a success or not. That would have been Tommy and, and Alex. So, tell me, was it a success? Uh, to see two and a half thousand people at the Crystal Palace, yeah. and having guys like Eddie Guerrero and Brian Christopher, Di- yeah, Brian Christopher, Dynamite Kid was there. That was like his own pu- yeah. public appearance for, what, 15 years? Yeah, like, that, that, it was his first and that only one. The last one that, that Dynamite was was scheduled to be was when Hulk Hogan came over to the UK. And this guy was like advertising that he had the Dynamite Kid, and I was like, "There's no way Dynamite's going to do a public appearance. No, it's not happening." This guy was, "No, no, no, it's going to happen." Of course, it didn't. But, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, to me, yeah, you know, it was one of those. I mean, I was 18, I think, and I was convinced. I was like, "This is, you know, we were on Bravo, and I, I'd watched Bravo, watched ECW on Bravo. Well, Bravo was yeah. actually good. It wasn't like uh, it, it, it wasn't like live TV." It was like more accessible, a lot more accessible, and it was one of the more mainstream Sky, Sky channels. channels. Yeah, so of course it's like, here we go, mm, away we go, one show, nothing. And did you hear any reasons as to why there was not another show? It must have been the viewing figures. Sure, go on, tell surely. us. Do you know? Wasn't good. It it was. Well, it couldn't have been that good because if it was good, there would have. You know, yeah, gone for another. Yeah, <laughs> I, I look at it and I, I again, like obviously, yeah, like people came in, the two and a half thousand people at the show. Yeah, the tickets were twenty five pounds each or twenty pounds each. They were yeah. something like twenty five. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, and I want to yeah. say every single ticket in that building was twenty five pounds each. Yeah. Um. So and it was on television. Yeah. So did it <laughs> not make money? Did it like why? I'm, I'm, I'm fi- There's got to be something there that stopped Tommy Boyd from investing more capital into it. And in- was it his personal money or was it Bravo's money? Bra- was he, come yeah. on, Bravo. No, I don't know. Because being someone of Tommy I, Boyd's I stature, I thought it was Tommy Boyd's. Okay, because I, I just, could be wrong. Because it should be, it could be easy to get investment from people with your Tommy Boyd yeah. in well, 2000 had, or whatever. He had sponsorship. They had the banners yeah. of SmackDown game. They had the Legends, yeah, of, Legends wrestling of Wrestling game. It was the Legends of Wrestling game that came out, and then there was a there was a. F- they get beat up, didn't they? Or did they not? Am I making that up? I remember someone dressed up as Hulk Hogan. No, the guy. Yeah, because I've actually got somewhere on a on a mobile device um, as the limousine was coming round, I was walking up to the venue and then this, this Hulk Hogan lookalike guy was in the back of this limo. I jumped in the limo, got a lift up to the oh, did you? <laughs> thing. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I remember it. I might've had a video camcorder at the time. It might've been one of those, but yeah, I remember that happening. And I remember another story that I heard about revival. Go on. You and an earpiece. Tell me about that this. That isn't Revival. Oh, was, what was that? That was the show before, right? Was that, that Brock's Born? Was Born, yeah. Oh, apparently, I think that was Revival. Because apparently the rib was, okay, that they were going to have all the referees with earpieces, okay? And basically, Alex gave me a chopped off <laughs> wire, yeah, headphone, you know what you put into your, into your phone or whatever, and he basically just chopped the end off and, and gave it to me. And when I'm in the ring, he says, you know, we're going to talk to you throughout the match. 
you know, but can you just let us know if you're hearing anything? If you can't hear anything, just tap the earpiece uh, all through this fucking I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, television. Yeah, yeah, I've worked, you know, the whole. You oh, know, I oh, you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, the old earpiece thing. Yes, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's you all over. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> No, I'm not malicious with it, but no, it I is don't. me. It is me, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so Revival kind of, you know, died. A, well, it, it was a success on like no one knows, so no one wants to talk about it. But I can remember Alex calling me. So it was just after that period, he asked me if I wanted to do this Butler character. And then, so that was around April, May time. Uh, and then I debuted it in June. And then Alex had his idea for Uprising. And I can remember, I was a new driver at the time, and I was talking to Alex on the phone. And I don't know if Alex would remember saying this to me, but I can guarantee you his words were, oh, yeah, because we're going to have Uprising on Bravo. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know whether that was even discussed or whether Alex kind of was on the hope or on the assumption that Bravo were interested in doing another one. I, I think that's what it might have been. So for whatever reason, Tommy didn't want to do anything more. Um. Alex was then maybe given the opportunity. Bravo was interested in staging wrestling. Yes. That's what I'm... Th- again, I can neither confirm nor deny. Convert, but... Cause yeah, it, yeah and, they, and Bravo obviously had had a history of wrestling with ECW. With first, ECW, And then yeah. WCW, they had yeah. Nitro at the end, didn't they? Yeah, but again, that's an easy that's an easy thing, isn't it? Because that's just a company giving you footage yeah. to fit into your time slot. But then when you're running a show that you're going to have to go film an edit or if it's live live edit or whatever do you know what I mean you're talking a totally different and that's always been one of British wrestling's struggles right in trying to get back onto a mainstream yeah market because WWE have the ability to just be like here's a tape but we're recording for all these different markets anyway so yeah. you know so you've got the footage there there you go Here's a, and very know. high quality footage as well, what yeah. you can't compete with. No, exactly. You know, Len Davis. I know you you, you spoke about Len. Bless him. He's still and going, isn't he? It's really funny. After that episode, I saw he he's re- re- um, launched a website with a, what he's up to in Hollywood, and like he's, got, right, he's wrote right, a book. Right, he's wrote a book. He's written yeah. a book. But on that but on that website, still there's a little bit for real quality wrestling with a little tease at big things around the corner, and it's good. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, like, I can't wait. Amazing. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for real quality <laughs> wrestling. But yeah, no, like I think nobody didn't not like working for for Len. No, oh no, not at all. It was no. a pleasure. Len couldn't have been the the a nicer the guy nicest guy ever. No one, you know what I mean. Just unfortunately, Len happened to be in the wrong places at the right time. Or the, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I I always say as well. I think that um, a lot of a lot of the thing with British wrestling over the past. God knows how long, certainly as long as I've known British wrestling, is the fact that it's almost like we've had the right pieces of the puzzle, but we've not been able to connect them together. Yeah. Um, so, And I think there's a number of reasons for it. It's, I think, one reason. Ego's like a massive reason. Um, I think Ego's one of the main reasons. Like, you could never have a... You could never have a collective of people. Like, you know, we're going back to the, to the British Wrestling Council or the one... You know, the, the union or whatever... Because every different promoter is going to have a different say in how they want to put something in. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of egos as well. It's like, well, you know, 
I need to be the champion. Or, or we can't do that because our we, boy needs to We can't to do use it. this guy because I don't like this guy. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, it's, it's the whole politics again. Do you know what I mean? And, and that will always... So it, it is going to have to be, at some stage, one promoter is going to land so lucky with a, a TV company and the two are going to gel and mix and then something's going to happen. But I think uh, you guys said it the other week. Do we need the television? Mm. That's a, yeah, that's yeah a I think that's, a, that's yeah. a big one. And again, the, the hunt for television, again, comes down to ego, I believe. Because they so want to be like they want to be we're TV, on TV wrestlers. We're on TV, you know, and I think that for so long people have just put that up on a pedestal of we get to TV, then and we've we, made it. Yeah, but then it's like we've got TV, and then what? You know, what I mean, there's no there's no end goal. Yeah, it's no. almost like we a sustainable. Like I might be wrong, and I might be going about things wrong. I'm not suggesting I have all the answers, but my personal beliefs are a sustainable business with a backbone and and like solid foundations is the most important thing. And then once you have those solid foundations, if those opportunities come knocking for you, then you're ready and you're prepared yeah. and you can make something happen. Well, you're successful. Um, yeah, but no one's coming knocking. So <laughs> it doesn't matter if anyone's knocking at your door. You're still like like you know Rev Pro Wrestling. You know, and again, I've only been a part of it for the last year and a half, maybe. Wormed his way in like he does Ooh. with every promotion. Oh, I'm sorry. I turned up. <laughs> a, I turned up a pause and mate, really don't want to do this tonight. Do you want to do oh, it? <laughs> we're not supposed to be revealing those secrets, are we? That's, no, that's uh, what you said. That's like we're not supposed to be making anyone look bad in these uh, these podcasts. <laughs> no, no, no. I, th- I think you were so busy, you were doing commentary, you were running something else, you had no time to go and sort the boys out at the back. Then this was a this was a Portsmouth yeah. and said, "Would would you ring an house?" I said, "As it happens, I have brought my suit." No, I didn't. I had to go home, didn't I? Yeah, yes, you did. I yeah. went home, got my suit, come back, did it, and it was like great. So so for that point, it's like you take on so much, and a lot of people will know this, and a lot of people won't know that. But at every show, you're everything. You're dealing with the merchandise, or you were. Then you're dealing with the commentary. Then you're trying to fix all the boys up. Then you're trying to do that. And then you're doing the ring announcing as well. So Putting the ring up as well. I'm a, I've never seen that? you touch a ring. That's because you always turn up yeah. like after the ring's already up. That's because I always got to go to the school and meet. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's always someone that has to go to Tesco's and buy lunch or something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'll go to Argos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mate, there's been so many times it's like, mate, do you want to jump in a car with me? Yeah, great. Oh, no. Too late. So you're like, here we go. Where we go, mate? Toys R Us, mate. Why, why are you going there? Because I'd like, because I've got a son and a daughter who like toys. What's, what's, the, what's the thing that we can't mention that you normally mention, but Andy doesn't like giving uh, props to? What is it? It was the other week. It was something like, mate, don't be advertising them again. Don't, don't say that word ever. <laughs> what, Sloney Shop? No, not Sloney Shop. Oh, okay. It was something else. Anyway, we You've digress. Yeah. Go on. Um, well... Um, so where are we? So we've just had revival. So as w- as we're approaching the end, I think we're going to have to turn this into a two-parter. Do we really? <laughs> we've got an hour. Do, already. We've got. We've got. Have an we hour. really? Yeah. yeah. My goodness. So what what else have we got left to cover? Really, is, well, is what we've we need got, to. Well, I think my my personal opinion would be to to to. This is part one done now. We're going to say goodbye. But do you know what I think? Listening. Do you know where I think we need to get up to? But I know where you want to <laughs> get up to. But I think we should start with a bang on the next one. No, but I think we need to get up to the bit where. We we sit him down and we say, so what happened? 
what was it? GFW. GWF. GW. You know that because you got punched in the face for saying it. Didn't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah Farrah punched you in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. lad's holiday. Like eye, yeah. So yeah. we need to we need to sit you down and say GWF. Right. Let's hear your side. Of Let's the hear story. your side of the events. Yeah. Hypothetically, if you did. Why, why are we doing the hypothetically thing? I would tell you. A, I would tell you. You're going to tell us the truth. Okay, so so we'll end on this one then. Yeah, but, we'll, you, you, but you're not supposed to be like, okay, so we'll end on this one yet. You, you, we're supposed to be like, so I'll tell you. And then we go, okay, we'll talk about that next week. Oh, okay. But like, you've lost the drama of it now. That's right. So. That was a real good build up. Yeah. It was a real we were good going build up. for it. And then. Let's go for it. And you were like, oh. Then, then, then Mr. Holiday Camps comes in. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> right, so. <laughs> shall I? See you next week then. Bye. All right. See so, us. Uh, <laughs> he's got, he's, I think he was trying to capture your latest. Latest. So he's yeah, got he it wrong. ruins it every week as well. So, anyway, we'll we talk to you next week. This is, this is going to be one you don't want to miss. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll, well, well, we're obviously recording it now, but. So I'm going to press not stop. going out to the following week, so we still got to press our social medias. Because this is the end of the first episode. I was going to try and press stop and just move on. Yeah, oh. just move on. Okay, social media. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, at AQuilden, A-Q... <laughs> don't, don't, it's like he's doing... For anyone, like, you can't obviously see what he's doing, because we're, we're recording, it's voice. But he was doing... Imagine Bret Hart putting his hands out, like he's coming to a ring... But just imagine it a lot more aggressively, and that's exactly what Andy was doing at me just then. <laughs> so, <laughs> my social media: follow me on Twitter at boy simmons b o y s i m m o n z. I'm gonna get a plug in here because yeah, I'm the first guest. Yeah, yeah. at Steve Linsky, S T E V E L Y N S K E Y. And you might as well follow me as well at a quilson at a q u i l d a n. A Q U I L D A N A Quilden, yes, and um, and I'm also I'm back on an Instagram uh, the Instagram trail as well. I've I'll start following you on Instagram the, now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uploading pictures on the reg on the reg. So Andy Quilden on in- Instagram, um, and I, I've got I've been told that's what all the cool kids use. So I'm a few years late. Why are you doing it? <laughs> out of order. Right, we'll see you all next week. I might not be here. See yous. Laters. Bye. Laters. Bye. Laters. All right, bye.